That's right. It's another edition. Cause I'm back. I'm back in black. Hi, that is the white、uh, shirt. No shoes, just socks. But we're letting the hair down, taking the gloves off. We're gonna slap somebody with them. Cause that's what we do right now. I'm hearing my thoughts. Yes, a live edition of Late Night Thoughts. It is. I am your、uh, wonderful host, Maitre D, bartender, also a bailman too. In case you need bail, I'm Dean Ryan. That's right. I have a lot of titles. Only one key, the key to the universe that unlocks your mind, your hearts, and、uh, the side door by your garage. I got it all. Welcome everybody to Late Night Thoughts. I am、uh, Dean Ryan, and you are watching the first、uh, live edition of Late Night Thoughts, an original podcast of Real Deal Media. Yes, it is Real Deal Media, not incorporated, but by you, the people, for the people here. Tonight, I'm going to be welcoming here shortly.、Uh, her name is Lexi Marie.、Uh, she's got this incredible new、uh, festival that I was invited to、uh, participate and be at, but unfortunately. Due to the nature of airports and my experience with them, it's a kind of an impossible kind of feat to accomplish. But what's not impossible is bringing that festival to you. So tonight we're going to be getting into the Mariposa Freedom Fest. What's it all about? What does it mean? Who are these people? And it has a lot to do with、uh, the Mexican ambiance and the people who love freedom. I think she is here. Tonight,、uh, Lexi Marie, who's joining us all the way from Puerto Rico. Lexi, welcome to Late Night Thoughts. Hi, Dean. How's it going? Thank you for being here tonight. And you're all the way in Puerto Rico. Am I am I、uh, clear on that? Yes, I'm currently in Puerto Rico. Yes, currently in Puerto Rico, and I've only heard great things about the touristy、uh, areas of Puerto Rico. How beautiful it is!、Uh, the rum is second to none, and the people are just incredible. I met you a long time ago.、Um, The details on that are a little blurry,、uh, missing. I saw you again after many years. I, we, we reunited、uh, in Mexico, and I have to applaud you. You guys did a great job in Anarcopoco and putting that、uh, whole event on. So let's talk about that and、uh, just exactly what is that event and what relation is it to、uh, this next one? In February 2024, that is going to be the tenth. Anniversary of Anarchapulco, and I, I'm not the producer of Anarchapulco. I'm the assistant producer, so I, I work a lot behind the scenes on that one. But so, we're we're really excited for this this 10 year anniversary for Anarchapulco. But nonetheless, you had a hand in、uh, getting myself down there、uh, in in the great Mike Adams, 
as we uh, electrified the audience and as I stunned the audience the very next morning when I was half awake interviewing people. So applause. Nobody, nobody knew you were half awake. So applause to you. <laughs> what was the reception like? Because if you don't know, uh, that festival is a, a, a healthy amount of uh, very politically anarcho-capitalist, if you will. Yeah, definitely an anarcho-capitalist festival, hyper-libertarian. I mean, anarcho is in the name, so anarcho-polco. <laughs> yeah, so it must have been a um, maybe a departure of like, what are these guys doing here? Honestly, the diversity at Anarchapulco, since I've been working with them for the past three or four years, like we just keep getting new minds and new perspectives that are coming to the event and sharing ideas. So like while 10 years ago, it was definitely a very cryptocurrency heavy anarcho-capitalist vibe. Lately, it has expanded to so much into so much more than that. It has. It has. And. I got to tell you, the uh, pina coladas were next level, next level. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I must have drank with uh, Richard Gage, the 9-11 guy. Uh, he, well, he, I don't know how, but he managed to convince myself. He convinced me to uh, be the runner to keep going. So I had a great time. We did a fantastic job and you guys did as well. And you have this new festival called the Mariposa Freedom Fest. So like we, we are talking about sustainable living, personal sovereignty, financial freedom, cryptocurrency, tech privacy, permaculture, bioconstruction, um, just conscious expansion. It, it covers a wide range of topics, but the common theme is that everyone that attends these events, they desire more personal freedom in their life. Yeah. Now, the difference is, is that like Anarchapulco is this huge production with this huge crowd and you just get lost in the secret garden venue. There's so much going on all at once. Whereas Mariposa is at a campground. It, it is close enough to like Airbnbs and the airport. So very easy to get to, easy to attend if you don't want to camp. But um, it's it's a more intimate gathering in that like all of the speakers, most of them are staying there on site. They're sitting at the dinner table with you, um, you know, having conversations throughout the event. And it's it's a much more intimate gathering. Like it, it, for me, it's really good for networking and it's especially good for people that are currently living in Mexico or are thinking about moving to Mexico because most of the attendees are expats that live in Mexico. And we, we got people from the US and Australia and Canada last year. And then people that were already established in Mexico also showed up. Now, this is something I noticed. I would love to get your take on this as it was quite uh, telling and revealing to me just about a year ago is while in Mexico, I noticed for the first time and I've been to Mexico many, many times. And who hasn't if you're from California? I mean, you can take a wrong turn and accidentally notice, wait a minute, there's a burrow, there's chickens, and a guy selling chiclets. Where am I? You know, you might be in Mexico and you're like, oh, I'm just in East LA. Never mind, I'm good. But what I've noticed this time around is there was an influx of Canadian people who weren't just there for the festival that I went to and probably yours as well, but made the big uh, move to Mexico under duress in which could be classified as refugees. Is that something you've noticed too? And why exactly is that the case? 
that's something I've experienced myself in that I moved to Mexico in March of 2020 when the COVID lockdown started happening in Colorado. And ever since I've been living in Mexico, there has been an influx of Australians, Canadians, Americans, Europeans. The expat numbers in Mexico grow every year, and a lot of it is politically motivated in that a law was passed that like drastically changes your way of living in your home country, and it just makes more sense to make a move so that you still have your personal freedoms and liberties to go about your daily life. Of course, it is an adjustment moving to another country, learning another language, but like I... I never look back. I've only visited the U.S. one time since I left. Right. Well, you know what I've noticed, too, is as much as people were relieved to be there, there was a sense of sadness because, yes, you escaped, but you're also looking back and watching the, you know, what's happening to your friends, your hometown. And I'm sure the, this, some similar things must occur with you. You know, you hear about what's happening in Colorado. Uh, not necessarily the mandates or the lockdowns, but to hear just all the people from LA are going to Colorado, that must hurt and be painful. That I mean, I know what kind of people are in LA, you know, being there, but you know what I'm saying? It, it must be hard to see the place you grow up. Like, you know, oh, that was my favorite burger stand. We go after school. That's not there. And, you know, so I, I got that sense from it, from the Canadians I, I met. Is that what you're getting? And do you feel that way? Being an expert. Personally, I'm a bit detached from Colorado and where I grew up. I have this beautiful new life with beautiful new people and like just always moving forward to the next beautiful thing. And I don't put a lot of mental focus or energy or attention into the negativity of like what happened to like my old plans like because i i thought i was going to live in colorado forever and then things changed and i haven't for over three and a half years so i fully accept where i'm headed where i'm going like where the breeze takes me because i know i'm always exactly where i need to be to live my life to the fullest and people can choose that path or they can choose not to take that path like it's really all up to the individual and the environment that they're in and like if you're not changing it from the inside then there are equal opportunities elsewhere (laughs) that's a very good outlook i was just wondering is there a third option usually uh there's got to be a third somewhere. I'm always picking C when, when uh, life throws me curveballs. We have one of our um, Real Deal members, uh, Angelina Wolf, saying, 20 years here in Baja, California, moved from Colorado as well. Hey, uh, Lexi, this might be a Colorado thing. I'm, I'm just I'm going to diagnose that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no problems elsewhere. Um, may I ask what part of Colorado? I'm just curious because I've been there. I was in Colorado Springs. <sighs> I felt a jolt. Um yeah, I, I, me personally, I, yeah, I probably would not want to go back to Colorado Springs. I found it very uh, dark undertoned, and uh, yeah, I could see why that. They they do have a lot of military there. Like me, I was there, and I was just heavily involved with the Libertarian Party. I was chair of El Paso County. I was on the state board as outreach director. I was I was really, really? involved in the Libertarian politics in Colorado. Um, and that that was sad to leave. But then as soon as I left, everyone in co- the Libertarian Party started infighting about we shouldn't have a convention.
convention because there's a pandemic or we should have a convention, no masks, like, and there was all of this infighting in the Libertarian Party. And it's just like, well, y'all aren't being very libertarian now, are you? So like, you know, it was sad to see it go that way. But I had already left the state like a few months before it really started getting weird, even like in my old circles. Interesting. Um, you mentioned Libertarian Party. Uh, they've now come up to, um, you know, the fold here in, in the conversations of the, the big political uh, election season we've been in. And there has been uh, whispers that uh, RFK Jr. may um, run as a Libertarian, which I think that has now been negated because he's going to do independent, which but, you know, the, but just the, the idea that could happen because the Libertarian Party has, uh, I believe, what uh, ballot access in all 50 states, you know, uh, you know, maybe 49. I don't know if they count Delaware as a state still. Where do you see that? The party, I mean, isn't this a great time for the Libertarians to really make a, a, a stand or some kind of re- relevance right now? Because like I said, would love to see that happen. They tend to choose the most pragmatic nominee that has talking points with their specific platform they choose the most principled pragmatic person and it's usually somebody that is unknown has no following and like bless their hearts but they're not winning votes by putting the libertarian platform on a ballot so yeah like if they had um rfk then they might they might turn some heads but I don't think they've ran anybody noteworthy since Gary Johnson. And, you know, like that was the best they could do that year. So like I'm rooting rooting for them, but like I I don't I don't want to be a pessimist and be like they've got no chance. But like I I also like to be a realist. (laughs) They remind me of, uh, yeah, they're like the little engine that could. Here's um, your fellow uh, native uh, Angelina Muff says uh, lots of Colorado folk. Move from Telerud. I miss the mountains, but loving the beach, the surf, nice lifestyle, great, great food. That's right. You guys had mountains there and great food and a lot of um, microbreweries, I heard, uh, in Colorado. So I probably would miss that, too. Uh, but uh, anyways, but, you know, this is what I've always noticed about the libertarians is I think if they're what they stand for is very uniting in a way because it's sound money. It's no nation building. Uh, personal liberty, and it respects what the, um, the United States and the Constitution was um, set forth to be initially, which was a regulated democracy, a republic. And like you said, winning the hearts and minds is more almost, and I know it is, more important than winning an argument, you know, in politics. Democracy you know? is a popularity contest. So... Like, it it doesn't mean the best man or woman is getting voted in. It's just whoever catches the most attention. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be good at leading or even do the things that they're campaigning on. That's true. I mean, look, I've always thought, too, and you made great sense. They never pick the right people. Like, why would they allow some someone we know? Like, why would they allow people like that? They're just like. Remember the one guy had a boot on his head and it was like the, the something. I mean, this is yes, yeah, vermin, vermin Supreme and others. Like, I love them as individuals, and yes. I 
I don't believe the Libertarian Party has ever actually nominated them as the presidential candidate, but they catch so much attention that everybody sees them and get this impression that like, oh, that's everybody in the Libertarian Party because the Libertarian Party is such a minority. They don't really look at how many different factions are within even the small minority (laughs) party. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I've always thought that why... Why do, is it just focusing on the presidential um, and executive? Why doesn't why doesn't the libertarian message come to the local? You know, they do. The that's what, that's what I was doing with the libertarian party. Is like I was going to gun shows and community fairs, and I was setting up like the libertarian booth. And I never talked about candidates. I simply talked about like, okay, where like, do you think that? you know, drugs should be decriminalized. Do you think people should be going to prison for nonviolent crimes? And like, I would, do you think taxes need to be higher? And like, I would just start conversations with people about the principles. And I did, I like, I was very successful at like getting people to actually engage in a serious conversation and consider that like their team red and team blue weren't so black and white. And to understand that there are, you know, political ideologies outside of the two major parties Mm -hmm. and especially like more leaning towards freedom in both these financial and social sense. So like, that's, that's what I was doing with Libertarian Party. I was never like vote for our candidate. I was Mm -hmm. like, I was more into just educating local people on the principles. Which is important because I think that in your journey, that was building your repertoire and uh, learning from others, you know, just as you met uh, people. And I certainly got involved um, when I was in college uh, in politics. I thought, you know, I wanted to do that. I took a poli sci class until I said something that wasn't too popular. And one of the kids stood up and uh, rushed me. We got in a fight in uh, class, different story. Uh, But (laughs) I wound up interning you know, I said to my teacher at the time, I said, I don't care who I intern. I just want to just see what, how it goes. I wound up interning for a Republican guy who was a, a state assembly in California. And I said, wow, this is just doesn't feel right to me because it was so convoluted, contrived. It just wasn't real enough. And when something's not real, I can't get behind it. And then, you know, someone like Ron Paul, I'm sure that name, you know, know that many of Yeah, of course I know Ron Paul. Well, <laughs> yeah, yes. Personally. Or, so he changed my... Um, you know, a different perspective. And it wasn't because he was, you know, uh, that's what I was looking for. But like you said, bringing uh, conversations that I've yet never heard before is what opened my mind. Yeah, the Green Party right now that has turned into, my God, they want they want mandates. Uh, they only have small ballot access and they've gotten away with their party standards um, stem from and have just turned into DNC, you know, half the calories. Yeah. What a yeah, joke. I'm I'm not even sure what differentiates the Green Party and the DNC anymore. Um, two things, a hammer and a sickle. That's what it is. <laughs> I, I thought they were both into that these days. <laughs> no, 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 just one has a hammer, that's it. And if you don't know Oh, I see. I see. They're working working hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Hand in hand, hand in hand. Uh, we have somebody asking, uh, do you have to claim Mexican citizenship to get to Mexico? Good question. Um, 
I lived illegally in Mexico for three years. Allegedly. And then one day, yeah, allegedly, allegedly I was an illegal alien. And then I just went to the immigration office and told them that I had been living there illegally for three years and they gave me a residence card. (laughs) So like, yeah, like uh, now I am an accountant. I have online income. I was able to prove that I wasn't like stealing work from them and stuff like that. There was like, there was a process. Yeah. But, um, like, I, it was a very easy process to get my residency, and I hardly, I didn't really follow the proper channels as far as getting it goes. I just, I went to the immigration office. Now, you do have to go to certain immigration offices. The one in Puerto Vallarta is a very popular destination to go to. They approve everybody that walks through those doors and gives them a Mexican residency. I personally don't know anyone who has been turned away. And I know a lot of people who have gone into that specific immigration office that have walked out with their residency. And it was, it was easy. It sucks. You have to get there at like four in the morning, wait in line because they Mm -hmm. don't make appointments. You just have to be there and be in the queue. But, you know, like I, I got there at like 4.30 a.m. and then I was out by about 3 p.m. It was a long day. It was a long day. But I walked away with my card, like in hand the same day. <laughs> it happens. Well, that's the way it happens. I mean, I remember I walked by that office. I didn't want it, my citizenship. They said, hey, you, you look like you want a green card. And I'm like, no. But that's how easy it is. And, it is. You know, <laughs> but I want to get into Mexico now. And... um Someone's asking what part of Mexico you live from. You can answer that or not. I don't know if you want to share. Um, I've um, I've been living in Morelia, Michoacan, because personally, I like colder weather. Okay. So I'm kind of up in the mountains a little bit in central Mexico. And there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the Colorado in me. It's like, I, I think it's technically the same mountain range and everything just a bit further south. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I've been I've been in Morelia and I really like it. There's a there's a good there's a small freedom community there. Like it's mm-hmm. it's you know, they have little monthly meetups. I think it's fallen to like maybe every other month or somebody just randomly has people over. But yeah, like it's really easy to tap into any of the freedom networks that are that are there. Um there if you go on Telegram and just search Freedom Cell. Mm-hmm. A bunch of groups will pop up, and a lot of them are scattered all over Mexico. So it's it's really easy to find people, like even if they're not like exactly of your ideology. Again, just that unifying okay. principle of like we're all individuals that are looking for a freer life, and now we're all expats in Mexico. Um, yeah, so like I I've met a bunch of people through through that, and a lot of them first came to Anarcapulco and then decided to stay right. and just moved throughout Mexico, and now they're coming to Mariposa or speaking at Mariposa, and yeah. Well, so this is interesting. I want to get into Mexico now because I, I have some very very deep rooted concerns, uh, but I will say uh, on a, just a positive note before I go uh, dark and get into the heavy metal uh, portion of tonight. So, you know, I've, I've been monitoring the, the international scene at, uh, to no end. So much so, I'm starting to annoy myself because I'm like, where am I? What, what is going on and what, what am I going to do about it? But if there's one thing I've noticed is that there seems to be an influx, not into Mexico, but a flood and a flooded influx of, of migrants into uh, the United States. And we broke it down in the demographics of who, where, and how, where they're all coming from. 
And a good portion of them are coming from Latin America, as, as expected, cliche. But an overwhelming amount are coming from what they call other, the country of other. So my one of my first questions, uh, Lexi, is do you see the influx of, of uh, the passerbyers of, of migrants from all over the world coming through your um, neighborhoods and hallways in Mexico and flooding into the U.S.? And if so... Who is providing the the transportation and the effort to doing that? Because a lot of people might be seeing this thinking it's the Mexico government, but it's not that black and white, is it? I personally never see Mex or immigrants coming from other Latin American countries through Mexico. Um, from what I hear, they are mostly walking or taking buses and the Mexican immigration does stop and deport a lot of people back to Colombia. So, but also Mexico is such a large, diverse country and you have some government officials that are in cahoots with this cartel and then other government officials that are working with a different cartel and they are not working with each other. So it is not a black and white situation at all. If you try to break down Mexican politics and what is going on, it is absolute chaos. What makes it chaotic? Because I've, you know, you, Mexico City is the most millionaires per capita, one of them. And it's one of the most polluted cities in the world, yet you have the Pope, as of yesterday, waving his, his popey finger at, at the U.S. saying, we need to fall under climate. And I'm thinking, has he not just took a, a long breath in Mexico City? I, I lived in Mexico City for 10 months, and I had to move to Morelia because I got sick. The pollution was so bad that it gave me just a permanent like bronchitis type of, type of sickness. So, and then like a couple months after I was out of there, that went away. So um, I know for, it was definitely the pollution. I, I couldn't stay there long-term. Um, See, I mean, where's the Pope? <laughs> Where, where's his finger wagging and saying, no mas, no mas. Okay, so you said complications. Now that's interesting. Uh, having covered uh, Canada because of the, the uh, crises going on up there. Uh, you know, as Americans, and it's really sad, I'm sure you'll agree, we really are not taught anything about Canada outside of they have, you know, maple syrup and really great ginger ale and shitty bands. Uh, the same applies to Mexico uh, in the way, you know, their politics. You know, we know about Santa Ana and the historical, um, you know, it's just talking points of it, but we don't know how it's run today, you know once you get past the, the the cartel faction of it but so just how complicated in a very non-complicated way can you uh, articulate w mexico and what they're all about there politically the, the simplest way i can put it is that the mexican government's very inefficient they do sometimes pass laws that are socialist leaning or um even like socially conservative where they're like doing things like banning vapes or you know like you know, like just non-libertarian laws are being passed in Mexico, but like I can go to the Mercado in Mexico and I'm still able to buy my nicotine vapes. There's even weed vapes there and marijuana and Allegedly. yeah, so it's, so it's like I, I go to the Mercado and like the, the same person that sells me fruits and veggies like has all of this stuff. You just got to ask for it. And right. like they don't think you're sketchy at all. Like they're they're just happy to do business with you. And like, you know, like police, local police will be walking around the markets and nobody cares. So the federal laws that they're passing are not being enforced on the streets. 
Um, now, of course, like with corruption, if you're like carrying marijuana on you and like some asshole cop comes up to you and like the worst they're going to do is steal your weed. You're not going to jail. You're not, you know, like just no. don't carry a bunch <laughs> of cash or illicit substances. And like you, like nobody's, nobody's going to <laughs> like no, bother you. So, wait, 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 wait. So, so they're going to steal your weed. Are they going to smoke it right in front of you too? And just torture They won't you? smoke it right in front of right. you. I okay. haven't experienced that. And I've never That's had my weed stolen. I've never had my peso stolen by the police. I, but like, I have had friends that are just like, yeah, the cops shook me down. They stole my cash and they stole my mm-hmm. weed. Like, but like, they didn't get a ticket. They didn't go to jail. Like, you know, like it was they don't yeah like the police there and from what i've experienced like they don't want to do the paperwork so there is a bit of abuse of power and corruption but like not to a level that like they're gonna get in trouble for it so yeah like it's it's the wild wild west there um it really it really is so like yeah like if you if you want more freedom and are willing to have like a little less security like that is the reality but at the same time like if you go to chicago or detroit like it's more dangerous there than anywhere i was living in mexico that is true sort of yeah that's so true and you know just hearing that uh, my takeaway is i think we need more uh, weed smoking cops i think that is the uh, answer (laughs) you know think about that cops walking around you know big old belly and a bag of donuts in a, a big old joint next to you know that's what we, uh, that may be the uh, remedy here. Uh, here's some, some people chiming in here. We have um, uh, Angelina Wolf, who uh, seems to follow you everywhere you go. Uh, Lexi, she was started in Colorado. Now she's in Mexico and she'll probably go to Puerto Rico next. We'll see if history. No, she's going to go to Mary Posa next. <laughs> Mary Posa, she will, she will go. We'll, we'll hook you up. Uh, she has a huge influx of Argentines, Argentinians there, indeed. Um, then she says, yep, tiendas are drug dealers too. Anything you want. Okay. Okay, and then cartel, she says, will kill outsiders for selling. Uh, for yes, to do nothing. Do not grow too many avocados. Do okay. not sell any drugs. Mm. I I think that like if you don't do those two things, you're going to be fine in Mexico. Don't don't go there as an expat and try to be a drug dealer. Don't grow too many avocados. I don't know what is up with the avocado cartels, but they are a thing. Don't own a bunch of land with a bunch of avocados. Okay. Uh, um, avocado Nazis. Don't but yeah, like if you're if you're not competing with the cartels, and it is very easy to live in Mexico and not be in competition with the cartels, um, then I've been perfectly safe there for three and a half years. <laughs> okay, well there goes my uh, business plan going to Mexico. All right. Yeah. Uh, um, well, okay. So we talk about an influx of Argentinians, and that's interesting. And it's interesting in Argentina too. I also have a contact in Ecuador, but regarding Argentina, and I want to ask you. Uh, they're actually now experiencing a revival of their sovereignty, freedom, you know, inner freedom, their inner child that loves freedom. They have a new presidential candidate that is uh, all the talk. But uh, is that true? So there's an influx of Argentinians, as one of your neighbors said. But I've yes, also. There, yeah, there is. Oh, there is. Okay. Uh, what about Chinese? Let's talk about China, the big red, yellowish elephant yeah. in the room. Uh, no. definitely definitely not as much like Asians are definitely a very very small minority from what I've seen in Mexico every once in a while you'll 
you'll find an entire apartment building that is full of Asians. I'm, I'm not sure exactly which country they might be from. Um, but given that like, it'll be down the street from one of those like Chinese stores that has all the cheap electronics and then like a China buffet, like I can, I can put two and two together and assume, but I've never seen more than like maybe an, a small apartment building full of them in one place in Mexico. Okay. Okay. So, uh, there, there's, uh, hotels full of Asians. Are you sure you weren't at a geisha house? That's my next one. <laughs> That was, uh, no, definitely, definitely an apartment building. The apartment buildings in Mexico do look do look different than the hotels. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I mean, if you start seeing someone eating a uh, chimichanga with uh, chopsticks, you might be uh, in the wrong place. Well, the reason I ask is, uh, it, you know, the past 10 years, uh, speaking of influx, you've seen military bases and especially at the ports, probably not where you are. You're in the mountain area. But the closer mm -hmm. you get to Tijuana, Baja, California, uh, there is a Chinese natives um, influence in an uh, in, in acceleration of, of populace around there. And Coming into Baja, California, that doesn't surprise me nearly as much. I've never been to Baja. I don't know anything about like the northern half of Mexico. I've I, I've become quite familiar with like central Mexico and south, especially towards the west coast, like Cancun, Acapulco, Puerto Vallarta, Mazatlan, um, and then just like Mexico City and Morelia, but. I haven't really made it to any of the other places. So like my perspective of Mexico, it is very limited to like the Southwest regions. So here's my, um, here's my big, um, I guess where, where I'm going with it and, and to, to further express is we see an uptake in violence. I cover these stories all the time. All the people going to, to, uh, to what is it, Tumar, Tulan, and all the tourist areas, the cartels seem to be stealing, taking over, and uh, going after the wealth and the Canadians, you know, and everything of that matter. What I see happening is in the downturn of the United States and the West, and the people who have that racial makeup, if you will, they seem to get targeted throughout time and throughout the historical lessons uh, whether it was the Jews escaping Germany, which is very much uh, very similar to what we see here, they tend to get targeted, and hence why the Jews had to change their last names to Polish names or German names. Do we see that happening again? Because there's no question about it, Lexi, that uh, violence and the uptake is, is occurring, but so is the resentment for American policies, what the CIA has done to the Central Americas, in other economies around the world, do we see the hatred towards, I guess, whitey uh, on the rise? That is not something I've ever experienced in the parts of Mexico that I've been in. I can't speak for what's going on in the North. I will say that like there's a general disdain for Americans specifically, but I, I definitely haven't experienced it as far as like hatred towards white people. In fact, like Mexico is one of the most racist places I've ever been in that they they don't like darker people there. And it's really embarrassing for, for, you know, like just That's true. that, that is the state of the culture there though. Like I definitely have never run into any problems there. And yeah, like that is, that is not something I've experienced. That is something I've experienced in the U S you get all these social justice warriors that are, you know, like screeching about white privilege and, you know, <laughs> then it almost, then it almost turns into a reverse, but, um, that is, yeah, no, like the furthest thing from anything I've experienced in right. Mexico. Well, what you said is so true is a lot of people don't know what, what Mexico does is they have no middle, um, they have no middle class, right? So you have the, the extremely rich or extremely poor, 
So the extremely poor just so happen to be, as you said, the darker uh, Mexicans, bald legged, some of them very tiny. Those are like the original like Aztecs, Mexicans, the people running the country I've always found are tall, uh, white, green eyes. The Spaniards who took over have always seemed to just reign power while pushing the poverty into the corporate welfare, uh, just, you know, greeters over here in the U.S. So they don't have a true revolution in Mexico and have to deal with these people. And, you know, I mean, I've been to Ensenada enough times where, you know, I, which I don't like going to. I couldn't hold your breath that long. But uh, that's what I've noticed is you absolutely hit on the head is the, the Spaniard, you know, stranglehold of, of, of the government in Mexico. Yeah, that is that is definitely the case. Like, you know, like, and it's very localized to the specific neighborhood. Like, you walk in one neighborhood and it's all, they'll even refer to themselves as whitesicans. And then <laughs> they will, yeah, like, and then the Morenos will even refer themselves as Morenos. And it is a very divided society for sure there is there is not a lot of like ending up at the same social events or any of that it is it is a very segregated culture on that front interesting uh lexi i want to take this quick break and i want to come back and get into the festival and, and kind of it concludes very strong here and how people can get uh their tickets and if we can watch online so we'll get into those little details here lexi stand by uh you're watching a members only for now uh, members only late night thoughts as we're talking about everything, nothing at all, but specifically we're talking about Mexico, Puerto Rico, you know, kill whitey, Aztecs, just all kinds of subjects, you know, that are uh, just, we're, we're demystifying the folklore that has been pushed upon us, aren't we? It's a very peaceful place. Mexican, uh, the Mexican culture, lovely, lovely, lovely people. In fact, uh, I'm actually getting hungry now. I don't know why. I'm just kind of starving here tonight. So anyways, uh, we'll be right back here for Late Night Thoughts after this quick message. And uh, we'll round it all up after the break. Stand by. back we are back we are back I just got locked out uh, we are back everybody welcome back to uh, late night thoughts i'm still your late night host with the most dean ryan it is uh, really great to uh, be partaking in the show and learning a, a, a very international perspective uh, that stands from colorado with our guest here tonight lexi marie tonight's show in case you didn't know well it's brought to you by the real deal media store oh yes it is oh yes it is uh, where right now we are having the fall collection, the fall collection, why fall for anything else? When you can go to the Real Deal Media store by going to realdealmedia.tv forward slash store, 
make sure you get that uh, actual Trump mug right there. Next time uh, you wake up in the morning and want that bourbon immediately, but uh, want the world to know that, well, you like bourbon in the morning, but make sure you have an actual Trump and make sure to uh, just uh, totally shock people and why that is. And that's what I do every every single day. I just walk around with that in the bathrobe, which we do have the new bathrobes, as you saw, you know, because uh, life is too cool to wear clothes when you can wear the real new media bathrobe. I'd be wearing mine right now, but it's at the cleaners. Can you believe that? We know how that goes. So just go to realdealmedia.tv for that store to do that. And uh, your life will change instantly. Instantly, instantly, instantly. And don't grow avocados. I just learned that one too. Uh, we're going to welcome back Alexi Marie. Alexi here. Welcome back to the Late Night Thoughts there. And um, look at that. Just a little bourbon or, I guess, tequila in the morning with your uh, actual Trump uh, mug. <laughs> The world know uh, the life's a jungle, and welcome to it. All right, we Absolutely. are uh, we're concluding back here, uh, getting back here. We have a lot of people who are asking inquiries. If you're open to a few questions before we uh, slam dunk it, Lexi, we have. Sure, throw at me. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, we have your uh, neighbor Angelina right there. How far is in Baja from where you are? Was that a few hours or? That is several hours. That's probably a 20 hour drive from where I live. And oh, really? I think even if I'm in Puerto Barta, it's like, it's at least like a 10 or 15 hour drive. And then like, it's an expensive ferry or, or it's like a 25 hour drive to like drive all the way up and around and down into the peninsula. Um, but yeah, I've, I've never been up there. Well, one of our members, she's right there and she plays music too. You might want a, a nice acoustic uh, guitarist there as well. Can make hey, we're we we're actually inviting people to bring their instruments because one of the nights we mm -hmm. want to do like an acoustic campfire jam session. So mm -hmm. please bring your instruments and. Okay, Angelina, you have the open invite there uh, to go to uh, the the festival, which we're gonna show you how to do that in a second. Um, yeah, and we'll film it too. We'll film it too. Uh, but Angelina, ask uh, as you see it here, as you know, uh, Dean anti. Anti-American sentiments growing wasn't always like this. Yesterday, they resent our wealth, but we also have stronger work ethics as Americans uh, might take. And they also resent to just how, just our perfect hair, Lexi. We have perfect hair compared to Mexicans. Don't you think so? <laughs> okay, see, I don't, I don't see the resentment, but yes, we do have perfect hair. <laughs> All the time I have just, I don't even want to get into it. It's just nightmarish. <laughs> uh, here's some, um, I mean, you knew this, but uh, here's uh, someone else asking. Uh, we have Facebook user in birth name, by, mind you. Uh, do you know what happens if you are caught dealing drugs in Mexico? Would you be able to contact the American government to help you with your case? Great question. Um, like, you better hope the cops catch you and not the cartel, because if the cartel catches you, like, you're just going to disappear. Um, and, like, as far as government enforcement goes, like, it's so, like, yeah, like, I, I don't know any foreigners that have gotten caught up with the Mexican government. And, like, when they did, they, like, worst case would be, like, in jail for a few days and then be deported to their home country. I, 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 but like, I also like, I have, I have no idea. Like I'm, I'm not a good source to answer this question. We have Angelina Mofis's Mariposa Fest November. Yeah. Time for the Monarchs. Yes, it yes, is. Yes. Yes. The Monarch butterflies are 
migrating at that time of year. That is the beginning of the monarch season. Yes, but Mary, yeah, Mary Posa, the name, like obviously mm -hmm. butterflies are just flying free and it's good symbolism. But the venue we have the event on, Rancho Madre Tierra, which is translates to Mother Earth Ranch. Um, they actually have a butterfly sanctuary, like butterfly garden at the venue. So it, it yeah, like it, it's really, it's such a beautiful, serene place. Beautiful. And beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And there's going to be a lot of butterflies and butterfly kisses and wishes. Uh, the lodging, you, you can camp out there. Glamping. We do have glamping this year too. And like I said, the venue is only 15 minutes from the Puerto Varda International Airport. You can easily get there by Uber or taxi. And there are so many like hotels and Airbnbs nearby. Like if camping isn't specifically your thing, but um, yeah, and no, like uh, lots of lots of opportunity for all different types of interests there. And this is what I love about. Uh, independent festivals, independent mind and liberty minded festivals is, you know, it starts with that, that instant, you know, philosophical connection, but it then turns into, oh, you know, just a really fun, um, just kind of an event and where you can just feel relaxed. Again, uh, you want to go to mariposafreedomfest.com. That's right. That's right. Lexi's you can also prepared. find us on Facebook. You, if you just search Mariposa Freedom Festival, it will come up on Facebook. And if you're on Telegram, you can find our group there. It's at Mariposa Freedom Fest. So, yeah, find us on Telegram, Facebook, go straight to the website. You can see it right there. Mm -hmm. um, tickets are on sale. It's only 40 USD for the three-day pass for general admission because I wanted to price it in a way that, like, it was accessible to local Mexicans as well. It is overwhelmingly, like, expats and international people that show up. But we do have a few locals that come and talk about, like, herbalism and traditional medicine. And mm -hmm. they're going to have a Temescal ceremony there. So, like, we do, we do integrate um, the local culture and community as much as we can. Absolutely. And I would also suggest if you're going to go to this festival, do not bring any guacamole unless you value your life. Uh, very dangerous. Like I said, just don't don't own land with the avocado trees growing on it. I think it's a water rights issue. I think it boils down to water rights. And you reached out to me, Lexi, and uh, I, I'm glad you did because I'm always open to uh, promoting uh, just lovely events. And with people you. that are producing, you, you always done good work. Uh, and uh, so we want to um, champion that. But uh, any kind of final final thoughts here on late night thoughts uh, you want to share with this uh, late night crowd who's watching from all over the world? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And I hope to see some of you all in November at Mariposa Freedom Festival.